calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. An insurgence has manifested in the Five Kingdoms, preceded by a radiant skyward beam, boring a hole into the ether over the Kamarian Everstorm. A vacuous entity of light, known as the Luminary, has made this place their home, and for the past fifteen years has been cultivating an army of heroes, servants, and madrons, all under the guise of the League of Ultimate Questing. A being that feeds off of glory, adoration, and praise has turned the world's obsession with the franchise into fuel, and now they are piercing through the dimensional barrier to bring the sensation to new worlds, as their power emanates and robs those below it of their will. Those few who fight back are waging wars across all five kingdoms, facing off against the very teams of heroes they once worshipped, now under her control. One team in particular who broke free from the influence have utilized all of the resources at their fingertips to make their way to Andesign the arcane capital of Danmir. They're an underdog champion-ranked team known as the Mortal Dawn. You know their story, but you do not know where it goes from here. A highly advanced airship known as the Hymn waits for them to embark on what is likely a one-way trip to the Beacon, where their destiny awaits, but there is something in their way. Sir Miles Avendar, Knight of Leonin Crown, 
captain of the legendary team the Ivory Lions, and undoubtedly one of the most powerful swordsmen in the world, has drawn steel against you. The fields around Andesign are a war zone. Beings both living and constructed battle with weapons and magic. Chaos shakes the horizon. The humming engines of the hymn blast dust into the air as your cloaks whip out behind you. Sir Miles' cocky grin chills you to the core as he raises his shield in preparation. Lady Almira looks down from the deck in horror at the scene before her. And then there is blood. A swift shape cuts through the air, striking true. Sir Miles' head is flung to one side at the impact, but he holds his ground and snarls at the insult. The projectile was not a weapon of legend, or an assassin's arrow. Just a simple rock, now caked in his blood. He looks back at you, rage burning in his eyes, and then past you, at the figure who has approached your group from behind, silent as the grave. You turn quickly so as not to ignore your foe, and lock eyes with the instigator. The figure looks like they've just come from battles of their own. Various weapons collected and strapped to the large frame. Bits of makeshift armor attached where they fit, save for the arms. A tall man. An orc with a wide jaw, thick neck, and gently receding hairline. You are face to face with the menacing might that has struck fear into the hearts of foes for over a decade. The booming of the Everstorm echoes outward as his name burns on your lips. He is storm-clad Thundertub. He looks to the group with a brief moment of confusion, then to Sir Miles, then to the airship, then back. You can see him putting the pieces of the puzzle together in his mind. Then he nods slowly, knowingly. I'll take it from here. This dingus has been on my dance card for way too long. Maybe I'm too old to save the old damn day. But I got more than enough salt to knock a few ivories out of Sir Smiles here. You kids go deus ex the machina. Someday this will be a really good story. Again. He draws a pair of short blades off his back and cracks his neck, his red tie flapping valiantly in the wind. The sight of Storm seems to send Sir Avendar into a frenzy, and his attention is no longer on you, as the two titans square off, circling each other slowly. The urge to look back is strong, but your ride awaits. The moment you climb aboard the hymn takes off, blasting energy downward, propelling it into the sky. There's a small crew, if you can call it that. Lady Almira, head of the Danmirian Artificers Guild, her apprentice Maisie the Goblin, and two others, who stand at the ship's wheel, dressed in armor of polished blue scales adorned with golden jewelry and the vibrant feathers of tropical birds. Ashira Mistkeeper, High Priestess of Quainus, and her brother Garshan, armed to the teeth with trident and spear. Almira moves up to each of you, checking to see if you're okay, almost trying to validate that this is all really happening. This is not her domain. She is a researcher, a scientist. She has never seen this much action in her life. You're here. This is really happening. All of this is happening right now. Imagine our shock. Arkham places his hand on their shoulder. I just saw Stormclad fucking thunder tongue. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I thought Sir Miles was going to cut you down like... like children. Come on! He would at best cut us down like teenagers. <laughs> eh, it was four on one. We can put out a lot of damage very quickly if we need to. I got a very brief and distorted message from Maven. He said I'm to take you to the beacon. She says, almost gesturing to the Everstorm where that pillar of light is shooting into the sky. Yes, how long do we get there? 
I mean, as fast as we can, but flying through the Everstorm is... I don't know if the ship is ready. Chris, I need you to make me a promise right now. Yeah. Do not spend the entire trip. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I cannot handle it right now. <laughs> Ashira, Mist Keeper, gives the wheel to Garshon and moves over to the group. She places kind of a, an affectionate hand on Artyom's shoulder. Says, I translated your message. Heading to the magical city, it made sense. And I owe you, all of you, so much. I had to be here to help however I could. And who better to steer a ship through the Kamarian Everstorm than yours truly? A ship is, after all, just a ship. Hmm. Garshan gives you all a very knowing and respectful nod. Uh, Amira, is there anything we can do to uh, stabilize the ship? Uh, anything? I think the best thing you can do is rest up while you can. You've been on the road for a long time, and who knows what awaits us over there. Yeah, you look ready for a nap. <laughs> Probably death. Probably a lot of death waiting for us on the other side. As oh. they're saying that, Artyom drops his bag on the ground, lays down on top, of it, and just passes right the fuck out. Yeah. Is it true that it's the commissioner? Yes. Yes and no. The commissioner is not uh, a being like the rest of us. Speak for yourself, Artax. Okay, like most of the rest of us. <laughs> Even if she's more than just some human, uh, I'd be reticent to go up against her as she was. She has a reputation. She's very powerful. So uh, I'm going to need a little bit more. What do you what do you mean? I mean, you don't get into that kind of position of wealth and power without having some strength of your own, and not to mention, she's infamous for those rings she wears. Those, those rings? You've met her, right? Yes. Yes, her rings. They negate magic. The three hands of Andesign hate her for having them. Harthax looks at Christ. Christ. Y- yes? This time... I think it's okay if you start the grandstanding. (sighs) I love that it hurts so much. (laughs) Sorry. I was dreaming something stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Now that you're awake, it's not going to get much better. (laughs) If you can steal a spellbook, do you think you can snatch a ring off of her finger? I can damn sure try. So is there a plan other than... Just flying into the chaos and hoping for the best? Don't fuck it up. That was the plan, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. That's what we're known for. And is it true that the League is after you? I heard on the news that you're all wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going after the Commissioner's plans, so... We're only wanted insofar as the people who are in power hate us. But uh, history is written by the victors. All too true. As a historian, I know that far too well. Well, hopefully we can help steer the final chapter in a better direction. I did notice a lot of Underdark histories were written by people named Victor. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) It's hard to believe that this is all happening. I wish we had more help, but this this is everything. This is everything we have. I mean, even if the hymn gets destroyed, my life's work, it seems worth it if it helps. Milady. We're trying to joke. I'm sorry, I'm not used to this kind of tension. I'm sure all of you have your own coping mechanisms for life and death scenarios, but outside of 
reading books and dealing with troublesome students. I don't face a lot of conflict. This is how we deal with it. We're constantly facing enemies. And I think in the face of all of it, we try to make light. Mm. Making light is a, she says, staring out at the beacon, a haunting metaphor. The, isn't that my first language? And as the ship soars through the sky, you realize how dark it is. Something that you failed to notice while hiding in barrels or traveling at high speed, underground, keeping unseen, is that since you left the lounge, it has not been daytime. It has been almost four days now, with no sight of anything but blackness and stars. I don't relish flying at night, but I'm not sure if this is a side effect of what's going on, or some grim omen from the gods. Let me see if I can do something about that. I'm going to use the beacon on my shield and see if I can turn it horizontal so that mm. it's casting in front of the boat. Okay, Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> it does help a lot. The shield is perfect for not only summoning an intense amount of light just from moonlight, but creating just a beam, high beams for the airship <laughs> as it soars through the cloudy sky. And Ashira says, oh, I wish I had you around for some... Night voyages at sea. It's rather useful. We'll see how this turns out, huh? Was that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> it is about the motion of the ocean. <laughs> Morty paces back and forth nervously. He doesn't seem to like flying very much. You've learned this being on the hymn before. But he does really like putting his head over the edge and having the wind flap his jowls and hang his tongue. He's, he's a dichotomy of nervous and excited puppy. We don't deserve Morty. No. <laughs> and the group does try to rest up as best they can, recuperate from a very long and dangerous road. Violence has followed you the entire way, and despite the tension, it is quite calm up here. With everyone resting, Chris is going to do his best to try to add a little bit of joy and levity to the situation during the Song of Rest. Uh, and with that, kind of two voices emanate, you know, that that voice of destruction and that voice of creation just weaving and diverging and conjoining to hope that we find some peace. The music does help the group to nod off for a little bit despite the oncoming tension. Uh, Harithak, since you have been freed of the need for sleep, you find yourself staring out into the night sky in a meditative stance. And... You feel as though an eye inside of your skull is opening, and you hear a voice whispering from within yourself, the voice of Zancam. Arithax, I, I don't have very much time to talk, but I'm taking your advice to heart. I'm trying to help. It's happening. It's happening right now, I can tell. They want to watch. They want to see it happen. They want to help it happen. I'm going to try to distract them. I'll do my best to avert their gaze. They will not be watching you. As long as I live. Good luck. Good luck. And Christ, even your own music kind of lulls you into a sense of comfortable sleep for a moment. You feel pain ringing throughout your body as though the crystalline fragments that seize into your heart are flowing through your bloodstream making your arms and legs numb, some kind of anticipation, perhaps. 
or a sign of things to come. But you also hear a very gentle voice, almost like music. You know, making choices can be overrated. I can't help you anymore, no matter how much you wish for it. But perhaps I'll see you again on the other side of sleep. I I want that more than you know. Artyom, you wake up feeling chilled. You realize for a long time now you've had a kind of warmth inside of you. You'd grown so accustomed to it. It seemed natural despite the fact that at times it caused you anguish. But you look down at your hands and the markings on your forearms seem faded, slightly weakened. A chill creeps through your spine like some kind of fever. Something's missing. Something's wrong. As you're sleeping, Arvid, Morty nuzzles up against you and lifts your arm up, and you both snore together for a period of time. But then he jumps up, his hackles raised, and the ship begins to shake. The hymn begins to climb swiftly as things grow turbulent in an effort to fly over the God's Wall and enter the Everstorm. The heart of Apernacency hums with energy and holds the vessel aloft, and Ashira and Garshon grip the wheel, straining to keep the course. They do work well as a team. Blasts of purple and red lightning surround the ship. You feel the horrible chaos energy of the lightning tingle across the surface of your skin, giving you chills. This is a weapon of the gods, meant to keep people from this place. You're flying through it headfirst. Even through the dark clouds and flying debris, you can see the beacon through the storm. The hymn emerges from the cloud cover into a ring of clear sky surrounding the huge platform the beacon is built on. The light is blinding to look at directly. Huge chunks of stone, metal, and glass hover in the air, swirling around the base like satellites. Stones the size of small mountains, wreckage from massive devices long rusted. Though the clouds are past, the turbulent wind remains. Arvid's going to use his hawksbane for its purpose of sending messages and write a message of possible goodbyes to his family, to his clan. And basically the contents are that he may not make it. And his message contains personal goodbyes to Arvast, Eshwin, Ingrid, who is probably still carrying his child. And at the end of it, he both says that you got to take your own path and we don't know what things are going to be like after this, but just know that the sun will rise again. And he will also recommend that his child be named something that means sunrise or new day or something. Yeah, very good. Something that means dawn. (laughs) (laughs) just just call him dawn Mm -hmm. which is the common word for dawn (laughs) you psychically implant this message into the hawksbane boomerang and hurl it into the turbulent wind and it explodes outward into a magical spectral hawk and flies south towards the ten tribes I read that as it explodes, and I'm like, oh, God, Wait, just shut him down. An even, an even bigger magical boomerang hawk swoops down. Octim's <laughs> <laughs> uh, going to approach a sheer miskeeper. She's gripping the wheel, but they're maintaining control of the ship. 
How's it going? This is a lot harder than I thought. These winds are fierce. There isn't even a sail on this thing. Excellent. Then maybe I can distract you with uh, important personal nonsense. Uh, distract at your own caution. <laughs> I think I might die. Ah, I see you've also become familiar with that mantra. <laughs> <laughs> it seems likely. I think it is the nature of the cleric to uh, unconsciously drive their lives towards martyrdom. <sighs> Truer words rarely spoken. If it happens, I need you to help my people. I know that that might be hard given what they did to your brother. I saw what happened. Underground. I think your people have earned a forgiveness to some degree. Obviously, I would prefer to be taught the teachings of Bren, but I think all of the surface gods deserve some coverage. Right. Well, it's hard to teach about Quainus without also teaching about Bren. They do tend to exist hand in hand. Duh. And if uh, you should fall, is there anything you need from me? I've been reunited with my brother. Everything up to this point is fine. If I die gripping the wheel of a ship, then I die happy. Artyom gives them a very quick, very awkward peck on the cheek, and then flushes and then walks back down. As you quickly move away, she gives you a very swift and playful slap on the buttocks. <laughs> Death word lasts for eight hours. And she turns to Garshan and says, never thought I'd die in a ship that's flying in the sky, but can't really plan for these things, can we? To be fair, you won't die in the ship that's flying in the sky. You'll die when it hits the ground. Haru. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Almira has been studying things at the uh, front of the ship and she comes back to the group in kind of a panic and she says, the hymn is too big. I don't think we can get any closer without getting crushed by those structures. We don't have much power up here. The storm's interfering with the magic of the heart. Ashira hands over control of the wheel to Garshan, whose muscles bulge as he grips it. And she moves back and says, I may be able to help with that. And she lifts up one of the many medallions around her neck. This one resembles a tapered tube with many small holes in the top. She goes to the bow of the ship and blows into it, placing two fingers delicately over a pair of the openings. You almost expect to hear a noise. Or maybe you do. Something too high-pitched to make out. Morty tilts his head in confusion. And then you feel a tingle of magic. But nothing else seems to happen. And she's just staring out into the clouds as though waiting for something. As Ashira walks off, Harthax is standing at the stern, staring off into the storm behind them and is holding the sticks and bones that they use to cast their augury spell and sort of looks at the sky, looks at the beacon and just throws them off the back of the ship mm. and quietly says, from here forward, we make our own fate. And lightning lances between them and forms runes that Harithax sees before they can close their eyes. As I roll my Harspex ability. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. Seeing what has transpired, Christ will make his way to Harithax. And as they get close, 
Chris will extend his right hand towards the symbiotic arm as a gesture of just wanting to be close. Little tendrils wrap around your fingers. To your surprise, it doesn't try to bite. It just wraps around you firmly like the roots of a tree. <sighs> the things we get ourselves into. And out of, hopefully. Hopefully. No matter what, I, I, I honestly don't know what to say. I feel connected to you in so many ways. You've been a good friend, Christ. You've been an amazing one. You all have. I... I will do my best to make sure none of us fall. That's good. I was alone a long time. I don't want to be alone again. You never, never will be alone. Never again. As the two of you look out over the back of the ship, towards the clouds of the Everstorm, you see something emerge. A swarm of metallic objects come into view. Thousands of Modrons of various sizes, buzzing through the air like giant hornets in pursuit of the hymn. But suddenly four swift-moving shapes burst out of the clouds to the north, streaks of color in the chaotic sky moving as one. They arc upward and descend quickly onto the wide deck of the ship. Four large, beautiful beasts with feathered wings and taloned claws. They are the Namarian griffins, Hegs, Thrall, Viola, and Billium, summoned to help in this time of need. Nashira says, They should be able to get you to the platform. They're nimble enough to fly through this mess. And Almira, seeing the Modrons coming, goes into a panic and immediately starts grabbing things, and she brings out a very familiar set of harnesses she begins strapping onto you, made to control descent should someone fall. And Arvid's, of course, being much larger, includes a strap for Morty with tearaway Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> and Maisie, looking over the back, says, Huh, you better hurry. Uh, looks like we're being followed by Modrons. Unaware that everyone already saw that. <laughs> Ashira grabs Artyom's arm and says, We can try to hold them off. Just hurry. Do what you have to do. And Almira says, I'm starting to regret not having any weapons built into the hymn right about now. Looking nervously at the oncoming legion, Maisie pipes up, Oh, good thing you put me in charge of repairs back in Andesign. <laughs> I made a few upgrades while you were busy. <laughs> you put weapons on my ship without asking? Too late. It's canon now. Bravo. <laughs> oh. oh. Bravo. Oh. Harithax uh, claps. <laughs> it's a slow clap, and it sounds weird, because one of my hands is really squishy, but it's like... <laughs> and with a wink, Maisie says, you can thank me later. So the group saddles up into their familiar flying mounts, each creature seeming... Very affectionate to see you again, giving you a quick nuzzle. And then the beasts take to the air. They follow your direction with impeccable training. Their wings beat against the strong wind, and you hold on tight. The smell of thunder fills the air. The brightness from ahead casts long shadows over the tops of the clouds below. The huge floating structure draws near. You ride towards the base of the pillar of light that bores through the sky. Your destination 
the beacon. a safety pod. There she is. Open up. Open up. Kip. Kip, come on, pal. Say something. Talk to me. Uh, I, I can't see. Who's there? Oh, jeez, Kip. Little bird legs are all banged up. Don't try to get up. Just sit still. I know some field medicine. Who, who are you? Who's... Kip? Well, that can't be good. Okay, buddy. We're looking at some brain trauma. Just lay still. It's Storm. You know, Storm. Storm's your pal. Thank you for trying to help me. But I don't know what's going on. I figured it out, Kipper. The commissioner's trying to take over the world. Or destroy the world. Or first one, then the other, maybe. It's all bad options. She's been brainwashing you from the get-go. I saw the reports. You've never been paid a dither. No home address. No record. You're not a servant, Kip. You're a full-blown slave. The commissioner? Storm. Maria. What'd you just say? My past and present are all mixed up. I feel like I know you, but also that I don't know you. I don't even know what my name is. Uh, Kip sounds right, but it also sounds wrong. Kip. Kip. Kill again. That's right. Kip Killigan. It'll come back to you. Just stay quiet. Stay still. I gotta get these wounds wrapped up before we get you out of here. It's a good thing you're tiny. Otherwise, hauling your butt off this mountain might be trouble. Oh, you're bleeding. You were in a fight. You don't know the half of it. I'm okay for now. I got your message. Came as soon as I had the time. And here you are. Alive. Something bad is happening. I know it is, Kipster. Something real, real bad. Nah, I'm not gonna ask you again. Quit your squirming. So I can patch you up. Gotta get out of here before they come looking for you. This thing was your own personal flying dungeon. I don't think the jailers are going to be too happy about a prison break. Right. Be still. Just rest a little. Everything will be fine. Just like in the commercials. Hey all you cuties, Law here and I've been involved in a project over the past few months helping a dynamic duo of amazing creative minds launch the Kickstarter for their all-new AR map building program called Cartographer. Cartographer lets you design 3D maps to utilize in your RPG settings using just your phone, giving you an ever-growing library of assets to help you make your visions of fantasy come to life and share them with the whole world. Map designs as easy as drag and drop and resources are easy to find. You can even look up libraries of pre-made maps and submit and sell your own designs with other users. See what your character sees. View the world from the top down or in first person. Turn the real world into your personal battle map. 
and track conditions and distances easily with built-in tools. Down the road, you may even be able to scan your own terrain and miniatures and use them in the app. The Kickstarter is going until March 28th, and the rewards are fantastic. So head to Kickstarter and look for Cartographer. That's C-A-R-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-R. Add new life to your game without changing what's already here. Cartographer. Augmented reality for tabletop RPGs. War. Famine. Plague. Real big bummers. But all unavoidable. Hi there, I'm Maxwell Plotz from Whole Solutions. When your friends and family are dropping like flies, we all know where it hurts us the most. Expensive funerals. Have you seen the price of coffins? Do you want to spend your weekend coughing and gagging on cremation smoke? Who has time to sit through those boring, preachy sermons? Here at Whole Solutions, we know how to save you money when your chips are down. With mass graves. They're affordable, economical, and discreet. Our innovative mass graves maximize space usage, incorporate cutting-edge alchemical powders to reduce unwanted odors, and our location scouts ensure both subtlety and natural conservation. See this playground? These kids don't know that 15 feet below them, there's over 40 bodies safely nestled in nature's arms. And I won't tell them if you won't. Who wants to route in a box? Don't let your burial stop your bod from one last social gathering. We do the stacking so you can save stacks of coins. Contact us today for quick pickup and affordable solutions to untimely passing. Max Plots Whole Solutions. We put the us in Tumulus. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, all you cuties. I just wanted to keep it short and sweet. You guys know we love you. Whether you support us through Patreon or just tune in every fucking Monday, it makes a difference. This week's featured legendary team is the Cursed Spawn, with Michael Staines, Tel Varen, Chandler Harmison, and Colin Steinar. We're going to be restructuring the legendary team since so many people have switched over to the battle axis teams. And speaking of, if you haven't yet, be sure to join up so a character of your make can be featured on the show as a part of the new league roster. I need to fill this roster, guys. I just got to do it. I've been working hard to make sure that the new season is worthy of your support. A lot's going to change, but the love and labor that we put into it will not. I want to make sure that the battle axis lives up to the amazing standards that law has set. And rest assured, a cast full of amazing DMs will help keep me on track. This episode will be broadcast live tonight at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams at 7 p.m. PST. Come hang out with the community while we listen together. Law and I will be nuzlocking again this Tuesday at 6 p.m. PST, and my travel job is winding down, so count on an increase in streaming from me. If you or anyone you know would like to advertise with us or get a personal message on the show, reach out to us at admin at slapdashstudios.com. But enough out of me, let's get you back to the action.
How many have we lost? Nineteen, sir. The others are holding the wall, but it doesn't look good. Fort Hayden has never fallen in war, and we won't start today. We have at least 30 more trained knights to guard the gate and push back the attackers. Any word from the capital? Uh, nothing. We fear our messages are being intercepted, both Falcon and Spell. If the lights on the horizon are any indication, Inlakes is not faring any better than we, sir. How are the rations? Ammunition? It's clear they want to keep us holed up. Maybe they wish to starve us out. I doubt that very much, General. I think they're here to take us out quickly, and not wait around. They're making no signs of setting up encampments. They're using a purely offensive approach, uh, with the full force of warrior and mage. They're powerful. But this time it's different, sir. I need to get out of this room. I've been holed up since the attack started, and I refuse to go any longer leading my troops without being on the line to help them. Aid me in donning my armor. Uh, yes, General, but sir, you should prepare yourself. This is not an army of regular soldiers. This is not some horde of bloodthirsty beasts. There are only a few of them. I think they're... adventurers. Adventurers? Dungeon delving cell swords? Buckle faster, lad. How many are we facing? What's the head count? Uh, it's hard to say, sir. They move quickly and hide well. At best guess, I'd have to say we're facing... Twelve? Twelve? Twelve opponents are challenging the defenses of Fort Hayden? We outnumber them three to one. We've been training with blade and shield since our youth, and you want me to believe it only takes twelve of these overpaid glory seekers to test our might? Uh, I think they're with the League. What League? The League of Cobblers? The League of Equestrian Scouts? Spit it out, boy! The League of Ultimate Questing. They wear the colors... The bloody L-U-Q? I thought that was all fake. Just smoke and mirrors. Choreography. Quite the opposite, sir. These opponents are more powerful than any we faced before. I don't think it matters how much we outnumber them. We just have to bring down the numbers more. How many of their lives have we claimed in the battle? Sir, I... I... How many? None. None, sir. We've been under siege for over five hours now. We've lost almost a score of our best knights, and we haven't taken a single one of their forces? The soldiers, they don't know what to do. Many of them are refusing to fight back. What? Cowardice under my watch? Who are these sympathizers? Tell me, why won't my fierce trained soldiers fight back when their brothers are dying? Uh, it's the enemy, sir. I've been trying to tell you. It's not like any other fight. These... These are children. The path ahead of you is turbulent, chaotic, and full of danger as you race through the sky. Fleeing a swarm of attack modrons and weaving your way through the massive floating chunks of debris surrounding your destination on the backs of the Namarian Griffins. I would like to ask you all to roll initiative as we enter our most dangerous skill challenge yet. Your goal is to remain aboard your griffin, escape your pursuers, avoid collision, and make it to the beacon alive. Woo! 
Oh no. That's that does not. That confirms twenty on I, my advantage. Got a natural one. My, I did my, too. My, <laughs> wow. that We're so doesn't bummed. matter. Yeah, better get those ones out during initiative and not the skill challenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I'm worried. Yeah. <laughs> so sixteen for Artyom. Twenty. No, twenty-one. Nice. And you two both rolled one. Yeah, I've got a two. I. I it's a total of five. So the first in the skill challenge, fittingly having the most experience at handling animals with Morty strapped snugly to your chest as you look over his huge head trying to see the path in front of you. We have the boy, Arvid. Billiam, ride! (laughs) 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 Fourteen. For animal handling? Yeah. All right. The chaos of this horrible wind, this beaming light, makes it very hard to control Billiam while Morty's strapped to your chest. They begin to veer slightly in fear, and it's taking all of your strength to kind of hold them true to the course. That is unfortunately a failure. Mm. Next up, we have Artyom. Artyom's going to focus all of his spellcasting energy on bringing down god rays through the clouds to try and grant us some perspective in this endless swirling void of cloud. Very good. Is a spellcasting mod okay? Yes. It is a 17. All right. That is a success. E. So through the dust and debris and dark clouds that emanate from the Everstorm, beams of light shoot down from the heavens, and you see your path in front of you clearly, at least for a moment. You know I like you guys, right? Oof. We're all gonna die! <laughs> <laughs> We knew that going in. <laughs> Which part? That I like you or that we're going to die? Oh, the dying part. The liking us, that's news. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Next in the initiative is Chris Sagrant aboard the Majestic Pigeon. Yes. This is a very chaotic thing. Noises and such everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to do a performance and. Mm. And it's a weird performance. I'm going to use my silence ability to kind of try to calm everybody down a bit. Yeah, yeah. I like that very much. That is a 15 plus 12. I forgot you have a plus 12 performance. <laughs> Bananas. That's a success. So the whole group, as you're racing towards the beacon, the wind is whipping at your ears. The sound of these giant stones and glass structures colliding is cacophonous. And then suddenly... Everything seems a little bit calm. You can feel the ease seep into the creature below you. Their panic is diminished. They're easier to control for a moment. Next up in the initiative is Harathax. Harathax would like to kind of analyze how the lightning is flashing as much as it's possible to analyze a lightning strike and look at all the crashing, floating debris and try and steer hags through uh, using my survival skill. Mm, Yes. You have a lot of almost emotional synergy with large, powerful beasts, and you almost implant this sort of fight or flight sensation into it. So go ahead. See it. 16. 16 is just a success. (laughs) (laughs) Making us sweat bullets. Yeah. On the nose. So you and Hags for a moment are of one mind. Your focus is survival. You can sense the airflow. Something in your lineage almost awakens, some kind of memory of flying through the air. And you steer it 
swooping, diving through, and coming up towards a huge stone wall that may have at one point been a church. You fly through a huge window where once there was glass. So now the group is fully submerged into this halo of smashing horrible debris. And you can hear the buzzing sound of Modrons getting closer. Not all of them were stopped by the attack from the hymn. Some of them made it past. Next up is Arvid. Arvid's going to engage his core muscles to uh, better steer his beautiful mallard griffin. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go with athletics on that. Hell yeah. Engage his core. Just going to muscle my way through. I think that's... uh, I'm going to grab the wings and flap them for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good golly, that one was a 16. (laughs) Adore the enthusiasm there. So that is a success. Billiam is a very powerful creature. Of all of the Namarian griffins, it is very much more of a strength griffin than it is a dex griffin. And using your strong muscles and your core, of course, which you are activating, (laughs) helping to steer it against these strong winds is very helpful for the creature. And you are holding on goddamn white knuckle tight. (laughs) Nearby you to the left, you're soaring by what looks like it used to perhaps be a large chunk of machine with gears attached to it. And it explodes outward as a pentadrone materializes and just eviscerates the steel and stone as though it's going to leap towards you soon. I heard eviscerate and I thought you were going to say eviscerates Billy. I'm like, no! Oh, no! Fuck that duck. <laughs> Next up is Artyom. All right. So now everybody's got a little bit of light to fly by. Unfortunately, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and use perception to try and get my heading straight because I'm pretty sure with clouds and everything and debris, there's really it's hard to tell where exactly we're going and a clean path there. Sure. I'm going to try and take the lead and you know guide everybody through wherever I can. Totally. That would be a 15 plus eight. Yeah. Wow. You guys haven't done this good at a skill challenge in a long time. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> so Artyom and Thrall pull ahead to take the lead slightly through all of the debris. And you catch a glimpse with your keen elven eyes of something past the debris above you. You see a cloud of materializing Modrons, and they are all beginning to fire these mechanical arrows from silver bows. You steer the group between them and a large chunk of wall, and you hear the arrows impact as you navigate the group away from the path of fire. Nice. Next up, we have Christ. Okay. I would like to use my arcana to make myself and Harothex and our respective uh, flying mounts invisible. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let me see that arcana check. That is a 20 total. 20 total. Fantastic. So two more pentadrones appear on nearby structures and they begin to leap out. And suddenly the two targets that they were going for, the casters of primary, vanish before their eyes. There's a swirl of energy as you just blend in with the debris around you. And they have to change course, and now they're pursuing Arvid and Artyom, having lost most of their momentum. Next up is Harithax. So as uh, invisible Harithax flies between debris and stuff, they see a large chunk of something like floating in the path that we have sort of swerved towards. And there's no way we're going to be able to avoid it in time. And so I'd like to use a spell casting as I direct a shatter spell to one side so that it explodes and blows shrapnel at all of the Modrons that are following us. Ooh. All right. Let's see your spell casty, McRollins. 
Spellcasty McRollins. <laughs> ah! Henry, Henry Rollins, lesser known brother. <laughs> 16 plus 9, so 25. Damn. Damn, y'all. Very nice. You good rolling fuckers. <laughs> so, a large piece of architecture comes into view. And you recognize it. A long time ago, the mortal dawn saw this church on the peak of a volcano. This is broken, rended in two, but large chunks of it are floating through the air. And as the stained glass windows explode and the cobblestone crumbles, a swarm of hornet-like madrons moving in get impacted full by the debris of the exploding church, many of them falling to their death. That brings us to the top of the initiative with Arvid for the final round of the skill challenge. You all are not going to beat around the bush killing it, this is a skill challenge where you want to get X amount of successes, and you're drawing extremely close. But as you get near the beacon and the platform it's on, a blast of energy emits from it, pushing the griffins back. You feel as though you'll need to dismount soon because they're losing control of their flight. So Arvid's going to give a farewell pat on the neck to the beautiful Billiam and then leap off of the horse, Morty attached, and get ready to pull on his, whatever activates his little flying harness thing. Excellent. And that's going to be an acrobatics check. And just real quick, I usually have advantage on acrobatics checks. Does that matter here? You do on athletics when raging. No, on acrobatics for light, it's something to do with my totem thing. Oh, for balance. You know what? You're leaping out of a saddle. I would probably allow that. Yeah, because of the totem of the ram. Thanks. You're literally trying to balance yourself as you're leaping through the air. Yeah. So he's going to use his innate ram feelings, his, his instinct of the ram to leap off of the saddle as if he were leaping from, from a rock to another rock on a high alpine terrain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that so much. That's so good. Take, take your goddamn advantage. <laughs> uh, ooh, that looks good. Yeah, that's good. That's... uh. 17. That is enough. Beautiful. You leap off, and right before you take to the air, you see a huge stone coming right towards Billiam. The rock! (laughs) You're worried for a moment that it's going to impact the griffin, but at the last minute, he ducks. (laughs) Oh, that hurts so good! (laughs) I've been waiting for an opportunity to do that for like 15 minutes. (laughs) I'm glad it came up. But Arvid does fully yeet themselves into the sky and activating their magical harness begins to descend downward. And you all take this as a very clear timing uh, to do the same with your own. You have succeeded the skill challenge with flying colors. Probably the best one we've ever done as far as success to failure. Had a good one. (laughs) The group all leap from the saddles following Arvid's lead and slowly descend their way down to the platform. Artem's going to wait until he sees the atmospheric discharge as it starts to mount in one of the clouds, jump below it, and then use his spellbreaker shield to reflect the bolt at the remaining Madrons as he falls mm, to the ground. Awesome. Yeah, there's a big cloud of them that all get separated. A couple of them get roasted by the chaos lightning. Chris is going to go ahead and just do the fanciest jump off of his beautiful viola. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that, he's going to start doing like a like a drill thing. Yeah. He's going to do the triple indie. He's going to, yeah, he's going to do the triple indie drill swimmer's dive thing. 
It's going to use all that resonance and just get ready to uh, make a fancy impact landing. So uh, while many impact quite heavily, Chris does his majestic twirl and lands like a feather. Oh, but then, but then everything gets destroyed around him. Like all that impact energy has to go somewhere. Ah, yes. Magical momentum. <laughs> uh, Harthax, before jumping off of Hags, will reach into their coin purse and just hand it another platinum coin. Aww. Give it a little scribble on the uh, top of its head. Scribble? Scribble. Scribble. <laughs> scribble. You know, a scritch? A little scrunch? Scritch. Yeah. A little scrunchy scrunch. draw on your crows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> scribble scrunch. I yeah. like it. I'll give it a little, little, just a little scritch on the top of its head, and then Harthax is going to leap off, but the timing is a little bit off. Harthax wasted a little bit of time jumping, and as I'm coming in, it's looking like I'm going to miss the platform, and Harthax has to fire off a lightning lure grab a rock and yank themselves all the way the rest of the way up like a save in smash brothers that's so good <laughs> nice 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 no ledge guarding yeah <laughs> wonderful and as arvid impacts as well you do like a perfect timing with the ripping of the velcro and morty lands on all fours with a snarl ready to go yeah so the mortal dawn make contact with the platform of the beacon impacting heavily from their descent as you rise to your feet you feel like all the wind the repelling energy and the madness come to a stop. Everything here is strangely calm. The stone beneath your feet is well-carved and warm. There's a tall mechanical basin near the center of the floating structure, and hovering over it is an intense ball of light, burning with flames of red, orange, and white. The beam seems to emanate from the top of it like an amplifying lens. There are two figures standing before you. One is a lovely woman with silvery hair and polished armored robes cloaked in vibrant light, pouring from her open eyes. It is the commissioner, Mina Luri. She seems taller than before, more imposing. Her calm is unsettling. The other figure has his back to you, but you recognize him immediately. A fine gray suit with long jacket, tattered and tarnished from conflict, his salt and pepper hair horribly unkempt. He stares down at the ground as they face one another. He looks back to the group as they land. His eyes are filled with tears, his expression racked with fear. He carefully adjusts his mask, turns back to face her, and begins walking towards her. It, is, it has been too long, Luminary. We've, we've both changed. This, this world has made us something that we never were before. You've, you've taken my dreams and turned them into all of this. He gestures around them. They seem to have served you well. There isn't much that can stop you now. It's not like it was before. This is going to be the big one. The final push, isn't it? She remains silent, staring at him, analyzing his every word, patiently. He moves closer to her, within arm's reach. When you dream, are we still one? Do you even do that anymore? Does any part of you long for what we were before this? Look what I have done. I gave birth to this. This new power you feed on. I became part of it. I watched your every move. And now? Now I bring you the Harbinger. I bring you the team that escaped your control. The one threat that could possibly face you in all of this. They are here. For you. From me. 
and he takes a knee in front of her. She looks down at him, raising an eyebrow cautiously. Please, we were always better together. We were always stronger as one. Smarter. Happier. United. There is no more room for error. You've always trusted my judgment in knowing the road to success, and I assure you, now, this is it. He holds his hands out to her, shaking. Please. And a smile curls across her face. And slowly she reaches her hands, wreathed in light, and takes his in her own. He looks up into her eyes. With the confidence of a dying man, and mustering every bit of his cunning, he tears the rings from her finger and looks back, shouting, Now! How you feeling, buddy? <laughs> Better than you look. Dang. Nice one. Where'd you get the hotspot for a zinger like that? Not very kippish. Sorry. I, I know you're friends with this kip. Uh, me. I'm starting to remember bits and pieces. We've worked together for a long time. A really long time. And you came here to try and save me. I mean... Yeah, co-worker, sure, but it's not like he'll catch me digging through rubble on the mountainside to save Rudy the male guy. I hit my head pretty hard. I think it knocked loose some cobwebs or maybe rearranged my thoughts a bit. I feel like I'm compelled to do something. I feel like whoever I was before is gone. All I can picture are a few names. Not even faces. The only thing you're compelled to do is rest up. Your legs are busted up like stale breadsticks on account of you skipped every leg day of your life. I'm going to see if I can fashion up a kip holster for you, like a battle papoose. Might take some time, though. Some smarmy dickwag jacked up my right wing. Swung a sword like it was a damn silk scarf. You must be quite the warrior. I was supposed to be retired. I mean, I tried. Gods know I tried. Well, for what it's worth, what little I remember, thank you for getting me out of there and coming to help me. Something about you being here feels right. Well, it's weird calling you Kip now, but that'll have to do until we unscramble your egg enough to find out who you were. But I'll say a decade and a skillet's gonna take more than a big bunk on the head to undo. Oh, great. The Reggies are here to show us off to the world. Matter of time, I suppose. Uh, they're acting really weird. Well, they don't look organized at all. They're just buzzing around like bees. Huh. Must have lost the line to whatever it is that tells them what to do. Wait, wait. What's that? Well, not Kip. It looks like 20 renegade quadrones trying to find their own asses with both hands. No, not that. Shh. That beeping sound. It's coming from over here. Ah. Hey. Quit crawling around like some busted puppy. Adorable though it'd be. Here. <sighs> Looks like we're getting a signal. I can't believe this scry crystal didn't break in the crash. They're a lot harder to break than we are. Full screen. Oh my gods. Is that the beacon? Is, is that the commissioner? It is. But who are those people? Oh gods, it's Immortal Dawn. Damn, they actually made it. 
I was just trying to get him away from Avendar. I never thought they'd actually make it over the God's Wall. Oh, they're gonna get their butts kicked. Wait. Maybe not. I, I have an idea. I I'm starting to remember things. Huh? Just just help get me into that chair. And grab one of those mindless Reginalds. Kip, what the hell are you doing? Oh, it's the end of existence, pal. I'll be damned if I'm not going to be here to cover it while the whole world watches. Hurry up, Storm. It's almost showtime. Shit. Oh. I was a little worried there. <laughs> oh. Well, the next episode. Anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> if, he, if he did actually betray us, I was going to be like, well, we're uh. going to make you look like an idiot when we mm. kill your ass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if Maven and the commissioner both die, the league goes to Christ. Because <laughs> Maven said he spent all that time setting it up because they're the same being that he would get it if Chris is part luminary. Yeah, that tracks. We just have to kill Maven and the commissioner, and then it's uh, Chris's League of Ultimate Questing. The joke's on you. His ultimate last final plan was to make it a publicly traded company. Ha, now you have to answer to a board of directors. Oh, Fuck you. <laughs> my literal worst nightmare. <laughs> a board of directors? Yes! <laughs> Are you kidding me? You gotta answer to the stockholder. Oh God, no, no! Until Wall Street bets fucks up here. <laughs> That's not gonna age well. Uh, who's 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 out? Who's who is it? I think it's me. I skipped the last one because I did the end of Artyom's whole shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Oh man, this is intense. Um, I want to go around the table with some some love here, starting with Sam Ryder of Billiam. Uh, mm -hmm player of Arvid. <laughs> Arvid's the writer of... Anyway. Um... <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Arvid Ulfmunda, level level 7 barbarian, level 2 druid, all beautiful furball baby. Mm. Aren't we level 10? We are level 10. Well, shit. <laughs> Arvid's been updated at 10. I think your your levels thing is the only thing that oh, wasn't updated. Okay, so it's 8-2. Okay. Perfect. Uh, my name is Michael Loving. I'm at 10th level warlock. I play Harithax, the Dragonborn Warlock of the Firstborn, custom patron made by law for this campaign. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Alante, and I play Chris Sagrand, the level six Crystalline Sorcerer and level four Creation Bard. Mm -hmm. I'm Zach Barkas. I play Octum Volkov, the Cleric of Sunlight. I am also the producer for uh, League of Ultimate Questing and Slapdash Studios. Um, I'd also like to thank Hedegar, the editor. Hedegar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that good old Hedegar, the editor. <laughs> Uh, my name's Law. I'm the Dungeon Master of the League of Ultimate Questing and Creative Director of Slapdash Studios. Look, if you're coming into this entire thing at the climax of season one, then I just don't know what the fuck to do with you. But suffice to say, episodes come out every fucking Monday. Every Monday. Woo! Every Monday. Every Monday. And uh, you can find more information at the LUQ.com. If you haven't joined the Discord, please do. It's honestly the most up-to-date place to find all of our information. Uh, it's where we interact with our fans and honestly, it's just amazingly cool people out there. So come on down and check it out. I'd also recommend checking out all of our social media uh, as this season comes to a close we could really use your guys's boosts this is the moment this is the big thing there's going to be a lot of changes some of you are going to stop listening and it's going to be a whole big thing so help us out give us your love and keep growing and questing together but until next time we wish you luck <laughs>